if you're looking for like a box or a cube or a light or anything that that's glowing that can destroy something, definitely an Infinity Stone. Okay, got it. All right, welcome into another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. Uh, hey, Rodney. Yes. What is it that you and I try to do? And actually, being on theme with the topic today, I've been making jokes about us being superheroes in this way, and you don't seem Chad, to appreciate it. So I just, don't appreciate the fact that you're calling us superheroes for watching movies. It's not, an, it's like, it's not even close to enough. So what are we here for? We're here because uh, the average person spends 115 hours just searching for movies to watch. So what we're doing is we're saying, hey, our lives aren't that important. We'll dedicate even more hours than that to save you that time. And Chet, if I were going to save you that time, what would you do with 115 hours? Well, I had, a, I had a different answer, but I've now changed it. If I had 115 extra hours this year... You know nobody knows what your original answer was. I know. And I also know what I would now do. I would devote 115 probably 10 of those hours to finding the perfect uh, series of pranks to pull on you uh, just just throughout the year. Just scattered. You would never exactly know. Maybe you would never find out for like a decade that one of them even took place, but they would be happening. Wow. They would be elaborate. There'd be science involved. I'm trying to figure out what a prank looks like if it takes 10 years to like come to fruition. You're saying in like 10 years time, I would be like, oh my God, Chet got me. That's what you're saying? Um. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if it was the cartoon <laughs> okay. character version of you, I think you'd respond just like that. So, um, well, I'm going to do this, Rodney, since no one wants to hear us talk any longer. Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest today. This is, uh, this is really exciting for me as a, uh, as a self-proclaimed geek. Um, we have Darren generally from Geeks Worldwide, the Geeks Worldwide Network, um, to be here with us to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Darren, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, I feel a little outnumbered. I feel like uh, Chet knows this. Chet feels pretty good about himself right now because he's got backup. Um, but I think before we get into anything, uh, Darren, do you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, about the site and you know what you contribute to it? And then after that, what we like to get from everybody is what are your three favorite movies? All right. Absolutely. Um well, I'm one of the news editors, so I uh, write news stories, uh, news articles, editorials. Um, also edit uh, other people's articles for the site. Um, I also do comic book reviews, television reviews, movie reviews, and interviews. So just kind of you know, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. So is it now? Like, is there a line that Geeks Worldwide says, like, no, that's not us? Like, you know, uh, would, would a main certain, like, what is that line in terms of, like, what you guys would be reviewing or, or talking about? Because I, well, I, I would just be curious. I don't know. At this point, I haven't seen a line. Yeah. Uh, I think because, I think because what we're, tr what we're attempting to do is to create a, a community of fans. Yeah. So it, you know, whatever you're a fan of is something that we're open to. Got it. So it's kind of, so I don't think there's a, there's a line yet. Okay, cool. If, if <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Rodney's yeah. all about trying to cross lines. So he needs to find them first. <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is, you know, is there a place that you go like, Hey, that's not geeky enough for us. <laughs> well, what are some of the things you've covered recently? Well, the thing is, I, one, I don't think there's anything that's geeky enough or, yeah. or <laughs> that, that, that kind of defeats the purpose. Um, well, I mean, I'd say just what I've done recently is I did an interview with um, David Sabolov, who's a, a voice actor. Uh, he's the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The uh, Flash. 
and he uh, because they have a two part episode coming up um, next week with him as the character. So I, I talked to him, and then also I did an editorial on the uh, uh, Mel Gibson, the rumor that Mel Gibson might be directing the next Suicide Squad movie. So oh, really, it's kind of, insane. Did you hear about this, Rodney? No, I, oh, I didn't. Gosh. That that actually kind of like piques my interest. Um, yeah crazy well, you know it's it's an interesting choice i don't necessarily think it's the right one and that's kind of where <laughs> i would steer because i don't take anything away from him as a director i just don't think he i don't think he'd enjoy the experience yeah that, i don't think i would enjoy it yeah i just don't know yeah i don't know how like passion of the christ then translates over into <laughs> you know the next suicide squad i'm not sure exactly how that what that line is Chet, why are you shaking your head so disapprovingly? I, I no, I, I just, I, like, I, I can't even fathom the, that. I, I read that today, and I was thinking, like, did the creators of Family Guy post an article, like a yeah. fake news article? <laughs> yeah, That's what right. I was so anyway, so without, uh, without further ado, I would like to just quickly just sort of set the agenda for this episode. Wait, we, we didn't get us three favorite movies, Chet. Oh my Stop gosh. jumping the gun! <laughs> I'm just so, I'm so anxious. I'm You're so excited so anxious to, 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 to jump in. <laughs> I'm uh, fan, fanboying right yeah. now. All right. Well, um, I'd say my three favorite movies are uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Awesome. I always love that movie. Yep. Uh, uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Okay. And Beauty and the Beast. Actually, my, my favorite oh. animated show. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, so without uh, further ado, now, 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 yeah. <laughs> what we can do is, uh, I'm going to set the so, sort of the agenda for this episode. What we're doing is we invited Darren to be here to talk about sort of uh, the the ambiguous topic that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's so many things to talk about within this. You have the TV shows, you have the movies, you have upcoming projects. Um, so we're going to try to narrow it down a little bit into three different things today. We're going to talk about really the unprecedented nature of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe really is um, in terms of the history of Hollywood. We're going to also talk about their formula for success and then what the future of the MCU might be. Um, so guys, ready to do this? Ready. Yeah, I'll do my best. All right, well, this is a little bit of a surprise for Rodney. Um, I had to keep it a surprise because I didn't want him to do some research before. Oh, Rodney. Great. <laughs> you know, we oftentimes do rapid fire questions for our guests. I have a somewhat of a rapid fire singular question for you. Okay. You have 30 seconds to list all 14 movies that have uh, contributed to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like so you're gonna you're doing reverse bullying right now. <laughs> you have 30 now. seconds. Are you ready? Uh, no, I'm not ready. Set. Go. All right. So Iron Man 1, 2, 3. Spider-Man? Nope. No? Oh, that's right. Okay, well, I thought it was Marvel. Um, okay, think. Thor, one, two. Is there a third? Is there yeah. No, there, okay, so that's five. Um, we've got two Avengers. We've got three Captain Americas. Ten seconds. Three Captain Americas? You're not answering me. That's ten. Yeah, yeah. Tip three. Um, and then... I know X Men isn't, but I'm just. Gonna, uh, uh, You're out of time, sir. You're out of time. Ten. That's not bad. Ten out of fourteen. That's no, not bad at all. Who did I miss? Who was the obvious ones? Darren, you got it. Um, yeah, you got your Iron Man one, two, and three. Yep. You got Cap one, two, and three. Yep. Uh, Thor one and two. Yep. Avengers one and two. Yep. Those are the ones you got, right? That's those are the those are the ten you got. There yep. are four more. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, still haven't seen it. Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man saw that theaters. Yeah. You got the Incredible Hulk. 
Yeah, you missed oh, the Incredible just Hulk. One of them. The the only one that that yeah. that that was in this is the one with Ed Norton back yeah. in two thousand eight. Wait, there's one more then. Yep, there's one more. It just came out this year. Doctor Strange. Doctor, Doctor Strange. Oh my gosh. Doctor Strange. All right. Well, see, Darren is proving his uh, his merit here, and I am not. <laughs> so, the first section is the the grand scale of the of the MCU. So, what what's interesting about this, and why I think it's such a fun topic, is you don't have to be a comic book fan to be able to appreciate what it is that Disney Marvel did and ha- are continuing to do. Um, in two thousand eight, there was the, the first release was Iron Man one. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., directed by John Favreau. This movie, um, at the time, just seemed like any other superhero movie that had come out prior to it. Right. You had the X-Men franchise had begun. You had even Batman and Batman uh, – the Batman Begins and, and The Dark Knight. Um, and then the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And a, a kind of a, a slew of some of some pretty bad ones. You had like a Catwoman movie in there, uh, Daredevil with with Ben Affleck. Like it was just there was some oh, bad. Oh, that's right. Wait, bad Jen, what about movies. Elektra? Did that count? Yeah, that was that. I mean, See? count what, what, as what? Will count as a movie? Is that part of the story? I'm, no, 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 no. I mean, no. I would say it counts as a movie. <laughs> so thank you, but that's generous. <laughs> I mean, there, were, Wait. there was production involved. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Elektra and Daredevil somehow connected? Like I feel like the Jennifer Garner not to ben the, F- not to this, but yeah, the Jennifer Garner Ben Affleck movies, those two, yes, back before all this began. Yes, I, I have a, such a proud look on my face, and Chet's annoyed. <laughs> uh, right, they were connected. I'm actually glad you brought those. They were connected, up. yeah, because so they were in the same universe, you might say. Okay, she, yes, that's a better way of looking. So my point to all of that is that when Iron Man came out, I don't think that any of us. Um, thought much of it beyond it just being the next kind of superhero movie. And it was really, really good. Yeah, really um, well done. Especially, I mean, I think it it propelled Marvel and, and, and Disney to be able to do what they've done since then. But at the time, again, it was just a standalone movie. Nothing seemed anything different. You know, there's nothing different than any of the movies before. It's just that it was done much better. Yeah. Later that year, The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton came out. And at the end of that movie... Um, Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr., makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. And that's when fans began to realize that, that they were Marvel and, and Disney were up to something here. Right. Well, I actually um, may have to – I'm going to have to uh, interrupt you there for yeah, a second. Yeah, please. Go yep. for it. Because um, Iron Man 1, Cap 1, and Incredible Hulk were actually distributed by Paramount. So oh. these were these films actually were out before the Disney deal. Oh, awesome. See. Like, this wasn't even on – Disney – was sniffing around, but they weren't necessarily on the horizon. And at the end of Iron Man 1, that's when you had Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury talking about, you know, how telling him that he wasn't the only, you know, hero. Oh, I do kind of remember that, actually. Because you know yeah. what? Yeah. It's kind of where they start, because Iron Man's where they started the end credit scene. Right, which is like now that standard. Yeah, exactly, which okay. is the standard. Well, what's fun about that too is Sam Jackson, you know, especially then, he he kind of was the connecting, kind of the yeah. face of the connection. Like they had, there were starting to be references to, to the movie, kind of within the movies, but um, Sam Jackson appearing in each of the movies, he became the face yeah. of what the the public had begun to notice and get excited about. So after after the connections between Iron Man one and the Incredible Hulk, and then ultimately you had uh, Captain America one and Thor. Um, since then, uh, I'm going to list for you guys as, 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 you know, you guys just went over and talked about all the movies, but there's also been TV shows that have come out that, 
that contribute mm-hmm. to this this ongoing right. series. Uh, Agents of Shield, which has four seasons. Agent mm-hmm. Carter, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and of course Netflix is continuing to roll out uh, shows. They have Punisher, Iron Fist, and The Defenders are soon yeah. to come. And then I believe ABC is also doing a series on the Inhumans, and all of this would contribute to the MCU. Wow. Well, you even got it. Well, here's here's the thing: you actually got another couple of a uh, couple of shows that are going to be doing that same thing as well. Um, ABC has a has I guess like a teen network called uh, Freeform. Oh yeah, and, I know. Yeah, they have a they have a a series uh, called Cloak and Dagger that's going to be that they've already started uh, they've already started production on like already cast and I think they're about to start shooting, but that's actually part of the MCU as well. That's like a it's a it's a, a story about a, a two teens who fall in love and both have superpowers and have to protect each other. And then on Hulu, they're actually doing another Marvel property uh, called The Runaways, which I, I which is a story I really like because it's about a group of a group of teen group of teenagers who run away from home after they realize that all of their parents are a group of supervillains. <laughs> oh, wait, that's kind of the see like that to me is a fascinating story. I think yeah. the part of me that, so I'm probably going to play devil's advocate mostly throughout this, this episode, whether intentionally or not. I think I, I don't inherently dislike the superhero story. I think I have a more of an issue with like, all right, I don't know how I'm supposed to not see this all as the same thing. Yeah. I think sometimes it, I think uh, a lot of people have a, having a, a issue with where they find their jumping on point. Like are like all of these characters and scenarios and things are, are known and there are people who know them and people are fans of them, people who know from beginning to end. And sometimes it's hard for, for people who maybe haven't, you know, embraced all of it to say, well, where do I jump right. into this? So yeah. I can, so I can find something in which I can enjoy. Yeah, that's probably part of it. Now, can I ask though? So, in terms of the MCU and all of these shows, and you know, Chet, you had mentioned just recently we were having a conversation that you said like Thor wasn't Thor two wasn't really that great of a movie from your perspective, but it was still worth it to you because of what it contributes to the overall universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that when you have these this this many movies and, and TV shows, not all of them are going to be fantastic you know right. not all of them are going to be great uh some of them i think on their own merit are very good movies right yeah and, and tv shows for me when i look at some of these movies and you know i'm i i can't help but acknowledge the fact that thor 2 for instance um in my opinion really wasn't a great movie by itself like if it was it would have to me felt more like one of the movies we were talking about before uh you know like Daredevil with Ben Affleck, yeah, Eric yeah, Banna. sure, the Fantastic Hulk. Four from back then. Um, if if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the the fact that each of these movies were purposefully done in a certain order to yeah. to perpetuate this storyline, and that makes it far more interesting and and forgivable. And actually, Thor two was huge then because yeah. it, based on what happens in that movie. So I, you know, I guess it's just interesting way to look at it. What do you think, Darren? Yeah. Oh no, I, I would agree with you. I think sometimes. Uh, some of the movies tend to um, ride the wave that's you know started with the 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 better ones. Like I think some I think Thor two 
was uh, a little weaker than some of the other films, but then he, it had the lead in from the movies that came before then. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think a lot of its audience was like, well, you know, it's another MCU film. They haven't let me down before. And yeah, there, uh, even though I, I kind of agree with you, the story was a little weak. It did, um, you know, it did perpetuate the overall arc. Yeah. And, and yeah. And then going and frankly, just really talking about the whole connective, connective tissue of it. Honestly, and, and this, I mean, this isn't me talking. This is, these are things that I've, that I've read uh, over the years that really the, the Marvel film unit really didn't want TV shows. Mm. They really didn't want an agents of shield. Yeah. This is the reason why, you know, you don't, why, you know, they're like, you know, Tony Stark and, and cap are, are mentioned, but they're never shown. I think it's the fact that, you know, they kind of want this expanded universe, but I think up until recently, they weren't really getting along with each other. It was almost like the the TV shows were the, you know, the stepbrother you invite. Yeah. But <laughs> but hope doesn't show up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I get that completely because I also think, like, there's got to be, like, stepping on toes, right? Like, inevitably, mm-hmm. if, like, you're now pushing characters or certain things in certain directions... And we can even go back and start with Coulson. Part of the reason why they didn't necessarily want a TV show is because if you bring Coulson back to life, then which they did, you kind of take away the emotional impact of his death bringing the team together in the first Avengers movie. And I think what you're what you're saying, and I agree, is that they probably used that um, to legitimize the show bringing him into it initially before it had its own sort of um, following on its own. They probably yeah. needed needed that actor uh, to legitimize the show. Guys, I, I don't know how to say this without saying just who's Coulson. <laughs> I, how do we even, how do you, well, that's, okay. that's Phil Coulson's the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the original Iron Man, the one who's just kind of everywhere. Okay. Like he shows up in Avengers and he uh he's the one that kind of gets gets them together. He's the one he's the one that gets killed by Loki at, when he traps uh when he traps Thor in the in a Hulk um cell. Okay. He's Rodney, the one who gets was, stabbed. Was that in Loki. I was sitting there saying like I'm tracking Loki. Rodney has Loki 10 more is questions. From, Loki is from <laughs> Thor. But then when you said that he trapped him in the Hulk shield, then I'm like, wait, what movie are we in? I thought we were in Thor. Now I think we're in the Hulk. <laughs> so the first event. There has to be the Avengers, right? <laughs> um, the short answer is Coulson was kind of Nick Fury's boots on the ground. Got it. Sam okay, Jackson's cool. character's boots yeah. on the ground as they were connecting all the movies yeah, yeah. Okay. before the first Avengers movie. Got it. He dies in Avengers. They brought him back for the Agents of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show to make him sort of the main draw initially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I agree with Darren that it feels cheap. To, so, yeah. And I, I get that. Like, I, it, to me... I love the show. Love yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get completely too. Like, it, to me, I, I, I just see... I agree, Chet, that it's unprecedented, and I agree that it is a universe. Even though I, I, you know, that I've taken issue with just the term universe, not not as uh, as applied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but just in other applications. I'm like, we anyway, we won't go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. But, um, I, you know, I get that it is unprecedented. I get like this, cr- you know, this incredible like 
web of movies and how that can add to interest. But I guess I, as someone who's more of a neutral observer who like, okay, like that was a good movie. And then I go see Thor two and I'd say, man, that sucked. Right. You know, and you guys could say, you guys could both say to me, but did you notice this, this and that? And I would probably go like, no, obviously I didn't. Right. You know, no, that's, that's uh, the thing is if, you, if you're not bought in, if you're not yeah. bought into the, the overall story storyline leading to the third Avengers movie. Yeah then you're not going to be looking for those things. And you're not going to, the certain things that they show you that might be the main point of the movie. Right. Right. Are for, for, for the, for the, uh, for the fan. Yeah. Would, would just kind of go over your head mm-hmm. and you're stuck trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the storyline of Thor two, you know, and that, so, and that again, so that's just, that that's, that's why I say, and that, I think it wraps it up here is that, you know, that's why I say that this is sort of um, unprecedented for, for Hollywood. Because you have, I mean, I don't know of another series or franchise that has these many, this many movies, right, right. connected yeah. to it. Um, yeah. Where now, granted, they are standalone no, I movies. Uh, I think you're right. I can't recall a um, a series of movies that have one either spanned as many movies as these have, or have connected themselves to each other in a way that um, in a way that's 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 obvious, which is part of the reason why I think so many studios are trying to, to, you know, do that now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's trying to do their own universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would, agree. Would you call it the, uh, would you call it the land before time model? Cause I think, I think maybe those movies might've been the first now that I think about it. What's funny is I think you're right. I mean, if you really think about it, like <laughs> that, that and pretty much any eighties horror film. Okay. Yeah. True. Something. True. I agree. Saw. Well, so, well, no, I was going to say, well, uh, you know, I think where I've started to take, and again, we will not go down this rabbit hole because it's, it's, it's an ugly one. But I think where I start to take issue with like, now everyone's calling unit, like things like, oh, they're in the same universe where I just start to roll my eyes because I'm kind of like, okay, well, what would you have called like crossover episodes in the past? Like, was, is that like they were in the same universe? Like, I, I just, um, we're not going to go down that, that, that path, Chad. I can tell by no, your it, face. It's, I think it's a fine point because I think it, I think it accentuates what we're talking about here because you yeah. have like, I don't know, like alien versus predator. Right. Yeah. But that's different. Um, than what, than what Marvel did, which I think right. is, is what we're, why we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. No, completely agree. And I guess this will be maybe the last thing before we then go into part two, if you want Chet. but, um, I guess as someone who is more of a neutral observer, I'm going to ask both of you, like, how would you compare, the need for watching all of these movies versus selectively deciding on the ones that you want to see, right? If if I were to tell you, hey, go watch Game of Thrones, and you said, okay, well, I started with season three, and I can't really understand it, I would be like, well, obviously, you shouldn't have started there. Does that apply? Like, is Marvel, and one of the reasons that maybe Disney is making money hand over fist, is part of the reason that everyone feels the pressure to watch all these because if you don't, you've missed something. I think that might actually. I think that that might be an an aspect of it. Yeah. I think there's a. I think there's a part of that 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 occurs, but uh, I would argue that a lot of the Marvel films don't necessarily don't necessarily apply to the same audience. Like I'd say, the same audience uh, that I went to see the Avengers maybe didn't necessarily go see Dr. Strange. Yeah. Or if they went and saw um, Ant-Man, maybe they didn't go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And if they, and if that being the case, they didn't necessarily miss any huge plot points. Right. 
that especially nothing that they couldn't come back around and see again later. Right. But but then to the Thor 2 argument, you would just say basically that if you are fully invested, that movie is going to be more enjoyable to you as an observer than it would be if you're not fully invested. I don't know. I mean, I would say even at the even at the level of maybe not being completely invested, it is I'd I'd put it to you this way. If I were to give you a list of the films to watch so that you knew the so that you became so that you knew everything about the overall plot, I would still add it to the list. Got it. Okay. So they're important enough movies to the universe. Defining our terms too, when we when I talk about the the ongoing storyline, I guess if I had to give it a nickname, it'd be like the uh, Infinity Stone storyline, which is the uh, what's what's been leading what's been leading all these movies towards Avengers three is this big bad guy named Thanos who's trying to collect these Infinity Stones to uh, wield power in a way that is you know that none of the heroes have faced before. So all of these movies. The, the viewer, uh, we, we as the audience are making these connections. We're seeing these different stones pop up in different places used by different characters in different ways. The characters themselves, maybe not necessarily are making those same connections. They don't necessarily see the big picture forming yet. Um, so some of the movies focus more on that, whereas other movies focus more on introducing a new character to the audience. Like Ant-Man, for instance, was mostly about introducing a new character. Um, being yeah. being Ant Man rather rather than focusing on the Infinity Stones, Thor two since we already knew who Thor was and he had been in Avengers um, was about was about the next Infinity Stone. If I were to if I were to break it down that way, okay. Yeah, if you and even if you look at the the Cap movies, um, taking them like they have, with the exception of the first one, they have almost nothing to do with the Infinity Stones. Like the second one, like the both the two both two and three, are more like political thrillers. Correct. Does that does that answer your question a little bit better there, Rodney? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, I I think it does. I I because um, I think as I'm trying to like wrap my mind, and the longer that we go, the more you keep saying things, and the more I realize how little I know. When you said <laughs> the Infinity Stones theory, I basically was about to take my headphones out and go, "All right, I'm going to go to sleep. You guys go ahead and continue on with the conversation." I'm clearly not uh, not good enough to be here because I don't know any of these theories. <laughs> it's not a, they're not theories. No, no it seems <laughs> theories. I, 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 thought you, I, I, I thought you said Infinity Stone theory. No, I the thought story. You, story. It's story. What's going Sorry, on. not theory. I used the incorrect <laughs> word. <laughs> so this this next part of the episode might be more of a level playing field for for Rodney. Yeah, this one I feel better about. To be honest, I think maybe this is his forte. So um, part two is Disney and Marvel's formula for success, and I think this is interesting because um, one of the things I noticed was that the the companies who had you know X Men and Fantastic Four and Spider Man, we're talking like Sony and Fox, etc. Those were the the most famous Marvel characters to date at that point. Um, yeah. The the ones that have been included in the in the MCU now are are definitely household names. But I think outside of your comic book readers, I don't think everyone was super familiar with Iron Man or Thor being anything beyond just like Norse mythology or you know Ant Man or Black Panther. And so, what's fascinating to me is you have Disney Marvel doing what they've done with who, in my opinion, at the time were lesser known characters. Yeah. And so the yeah. form it's the formula for success that drove it. It wasn't, oh, we just happen to have Spider-Man, right? It was we have to do something that's not been done because our characters are not going to do it on their own merit. That you you think that's what they're that's part of it? I, I mean, think I, that's how it started. I mean, how it starts, you, you, you know, 
I think they had to. They wouldn't have started with Ant Man, is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Oh no, definitely. They had to build th- their own credit. Yeah, yeah, and I think going back to going back to to the the Paramount thing, I think because um, Paramount was just distributing and Marvel, the Marvel Studios had the the rights. I think Disney saw a hole in their their uh, I guess in, in their balance sheet and how right, they right. Yep. and how they market because yep. they have you know they have the pris- they have the princess thing locked down yeah so they they have an audience of 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 girls they have they have the girls that's and they have the girls of both the the merchandise and the movies yeah what they didn't have were boys mm-hmm and they went after like they went after um, Marvel because Marvel was in the position to get to deliver them that audience. There, there was no way like DC is so ingrained with Warner Brothers that they, that it would never have happened. But Marvel was in a position where they could deliver that that audience that Disney needed. So they saw and they saw the fact that you know that Iron Man and, and Cap and and uh and incredible hulk worked so they didn't necessarily have to change too much i think they basically just kind of wanted to incorporate um marvel into the fold but still give them the freedom to do what they were doing right i completely agree with everything you said and like this yeah this in terms of what you had said chat chat too this i follow 100 percent. i think the idea that they sit there and look at it and go like okay like people are producing these characters that we know if we own all of this stuff, we can create product, we can create, you know, we can market the heck out of these movies, we can create rides, we can, like, I think Disney is unbelievably good at, you know, really monetizing all of the different, all the different properties that they have, and they have so many different avenues of doing it through, you know, through actual product, through rides, through attractions, through movies, through, like, they're, they're so encompassing that, you know, and the, even to, you know, to TV, to, to TV outlets and everything as well. So um, I think that formula for success makes all the sense in the world, and I feel like they're, they won't stop so long as they, I think they did Ant-Man because, in my opinion, I would say that they're probably running out of, like, well, who else can we, you know, right. what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Like, what other, you know, I'm sure they have people mining through every single comic book character that's ever existed. Right. You know, I mean, to we're going to get to that but... too. Cause I mean, guardians <laughs> of the galaxy talk about unknown guardians of the galaxy was a super unknown yeah. before they were you know put on the big screen. And that might've been the best standalone one they did. Yeah. And uh, I feel like they're probably learning too. Like, Hey, if we get the right directors and the right actors to do like, we can, we can do this well, you know? I mean, obviously anyone can flop also, but I mean, they haven't had a fantastic four situation where, a movie comes out and everyone laughs at them for it. And I think, you know, until that happens and, you know, if it doesn't happen, I mean, they're going to continue to just make incredible sums of money. The speaking of speaking of the money they made. So this is a little bit, little bit different. So I'm going to, I'm going to read to you guys um, the, the five uh, most successful highest grossing film film franchises of all time, right? This is this is so fascinating to me. So number 5 all time is Star Wars. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I, which I thought, thought was higher. higher. Yeah. yeah. You would think it'd be higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 4. Point Again also owned by Disney. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> that's another thing that has no end in sight seemingly, but so Star Wars uh 4.382 billion dollars uh, as a okay. franchise. Um and then 
Number four was the Middle Earth franchise. So that's both Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Um, mm-hmm. Basically really? f- $5.8 billion. The uh, The number three highest grossing film film franchise of all time. Any guesses? Do you want me to? Um, Darren, if you have a guess, you can fire away. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going to say James Bond. That was a big. Yeah, James big, Bond. James is it really? Bond. Yep. Yep. Six, yeah. six point one. pretty good right now. That was not, I did not cheat at all. $6.1 billion franchise, James Bond. Yeah, because it's so many over mm-hmm. so much time. Right. Yeah, because that's like how many, like 25 some odd films. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's. I didn't think that they were any, like, as individually successful, but I figured, you know, since the, I feel like my dad's had, we had like 15 of those movies in our household growing up. So I feel like just the quantity. Right. <laughs> and then number two, um, I'll just give you guys it. So it's Harry Potter, the Harry Potter franchise. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. 7.7 makes- billion dollars. Okay. Uh, and the number one, obviously, since we're talking about tonight is, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, $7.7 billion and not done. Yeah, wow. Okay. Uh, but then, I mean, my first thought was, okay, that's impressive for the MCU, but they've had so many more movies than most of these. But then you look at James Bond, who had 20, 25 movies, um, and Marvel's Marvel's topped that significantly so. so. Yeah. And, and also to be, have all the movies tell, as we've said, an ongoing story, I think is is interesting yeah. too. Yeah, I also think that there's – there's plenty of money left to be made with all like with the number of Netflix shows that we're talking about. And then mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, I think Darren's hit kind of like all of the different markets are obviously attacking too. you know, free form. I think, you know, now it's almost like they're, they're probably doing the inverse or, or they're, ch- they're chasing different markets as well with these superhero mm-hmm. stories, you know, as you go towards the, uh, is arrow not, is that not a Marvel? No, okay. no that's see. All right. I'll shut up. Um, but you know, I, I sit here, I'm getting a little bit confident in myself again. So I'm trying to throw out facts that obviously I don't know very much about. I'm definitely with you because it, it it definitely looks like they're going for the young adult audience with, uh, with cloak and dagger and, and with runaways. Like that's kind of like you have your, um, like you have kind of your, your kids and your adults with the, with the movies, you have your, uh, you have your adults with the, with the, uh, with the Netflix shows and with uh, Agents of Shield, and it just looks like they're looking for that that in between area with right. the young adults and probably trying with- to reel everybody into the universe. You know, I feel like you're you're like you know you're like fishing. You know, you're kind of throwing it out there and trying to reel in different people yeah. to kind but of. But also at the same time, they're hedging their audience. Yeah, because that audience, you know, from the young adults. They're gonna grow into the uh, into the MCU films, right? Right. It's yeah. gonna grow into the Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. true. But guys, is it just marketing though? Is it just marketing that's driven this? Because I understand Disney is is unbelievable um, at that. But think about it this way: DC is now trying to do it too, right? Warner Brothers and those uh, those movies are not doing nearly as well, yeah. and they're I don't, people are not nearly as excited for. Um, you know, I am. I'm still the holdout because I'm. You know, I love <laughs> I love the franchises, but. Really, like in terms of the grand scale, what people are watching or wanting to watch, Marvel, the Marvel movies are way more appreciated than what DC has yeah. done so far. So it's not just marketing plans. There's also like, what's the, what's the, what have they bottled up and made their movies well, so, so enjoyable? I think honestly, and, and, and uh, this is just my opinion, but I think they made a, like, Marvel made a plan uh, even before they went to Disney. Because and they've talked about it, is that they were going to do individual films 
and then culminate at the end of each phase with a with an Avengers film. And that made sense. So you knew what you what you were looking for. So when you were watching those films, you were waiting to see, well, okay, how is this going to lead into the next Avengers film? Or how is this going to lead into um, the next individual film? You knew what you were building to, so you knew there was a plan. I think part of the problem with Warner Brothers, with DC, is that they're trying to work backwards. And they probably don't really have enough time to you know, create those character dynamics in a Justice League film and then branch off than they do if they were doing the reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to know who, like, uh, Tony Stark is. You know who uh, Steve Rogers is individually. You kind of know who um, who Thor is on his own. So when they come together, you know, you kind of know what those dynamics are. Right. It's the distinction of, like, doing something from a position of strength than from a position of weakness. I think if you're DC and you're trying to catch up, you're inevitably going to make worse decisions in terms of how you approach it. You know, as you're looking at it and just as like not nearly as well built a story. Well, one of the things that's, that's important to me um, when I'm talking to people on uh, my my podcast or talking about movies in general is, uh, is a sense of something being earned. Like if you're in a movie, like if an emotion has to be earned, a moment has to be earned. I think I I, I think I agree with with that point. And and maybe even it makes the point of that that I would say with some of the Avengers movies, because sometimes there's a few characters in the Avengers movies that didn't have their own movie. Right. Yep. Have not yet. Or were introduced first in an Avengers movie and then they're going to break off. But I think parts of that made me as again, as a more neutral observer, like. Uh, what is Jeremy Renner? Who is his Hawkeye. actual Hawkeye? Hawkeye. You know, part of me is like, all right, who's the bow and arrow guy? And get him out of here. Like, you know, Hulk's doing all the work. Like, I don't don't include him in your team. You know what I mean? It's like it's like including like the towel boy and giving him a, like a, a a Super Bowl ring. Like, no, you didn't earn that. Get out of here, Darren. Do you think that in this particular episode, Rodney's more of the Hulk or more of the bow and arrow guy by his own his own by his own description? Exactly. But I wouldn't walk away here and and ask for the uh, the MCU Medal of Honor. I don't. Well, yeah, if that's a thing. <laughs> well, that's good because I don't know that anyone would be able to find that for you. Right. That's uh, that's that. Wow. Uh, but you know, so you guys, you guys oh, have wow. said, <laughs> you guys have, you guys have each made um, really good points. So Thank for, you. No, really. I mean, Rodney said that the part of the formula for success was was Disney's sort of genius marketing. Um, Darren said part of the formula for success was how the story was driven. How you had instead of trying to kind of rush it all at once like DC seems to do. You, you built towards the expectation of getting these characters together. You cared about them by the time that they were taking on these these villains together. Uh, I would like to say this. I think there might be one other piece to this as to why these films are so successful. All, you know, pick any individual movie. Take out, you know, all 14. Just take one of them at a time and compare it against any one DC movie. And so yeah. not from a marketing standpoint, not from a story-driven standpoint, but from a movie-watching standpoint, just the average person who wants to watch a movie, there's a certain tone that the Marvel movies have. And it's it's lighthearted, it's it's humorous, um, it's adventurous. And in my, in my opinion, I think the, the, the only thing I can liken it to was like the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, they were yeah. so successful because they were like lighthearted and fun and humorous, but adventurous and exciting. Yeah. Um, and then the Pirates of the Caribbean movie is kind of the same way. Yep. 
the Marvel Disney movies. Disney also. Yeah, another <laughs> Disney franchise, right? The, the Disney's Dis- pretty good. <laughs> the Disney Marvel franchise is fun. It's it's colorful. It's it's humorous. It's exciting. Yep. Um, so just from a pure movie watching standpoint, um, match any one of their movies against anyone else's, and theirs is going to be as fun, if not more. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, that that has a huge. I think that probably the the Marvel movies are certainly more family friendly. I think the tone, the lightheartedness. However. <laughs> I guess what I would say is in terms of, you know, the Batman movies, what they were by themselves, I think had that darker tone. They were more serious. And so in terms of like an actual like film as, as a movie, those to me will always be higher on a list in terms of how great a movie they were than the Avengers, which to me is like a really fun action packed movie, the summer blockbuster type movie that's going to rake at the box office and is going to have a lot of people leave saying like, Oh, that was a great fun movie. But I think to me as like, I don't know, to me, I have a harder time just going to want to see that. Like I would like if a group of people were going to see a movie. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like this will be fun. But like to me individually, like, do I want to put on captain America at night? Like, no, not really. Cause I like, I'm not super interested in, it's you know like it's a fun action movie, but at the same time, it's not as serious a movie to me. If you if you were to compare like Dark Knight to um yeah yeah the first Avengers yeah first Avengers yeah was it was a fun movie right it was a fun movie to go see um I I got giddy when I saw that um you know when when they had like the 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 turnaround when it was all of them together gathering. Yeah, I got I got charged that I I felt like a kid again. Yeah, the Dark Knight was a great film. It the the stakes in there were were realistic and that which kept in line with the tone of the film. So yeah, if you're looking for like I think it it again almost kind of goes into the movie versus film dynamic. Yeah, like I think I think Avengers is a great movie. I think Dark Knight is a great film. Right, I I completely agree with that, and I would say. You know, I think if we were going to go back now to the DC universe and and why they might be struggling in addition to kind of some of the stuff that we've already talked about, I think you're right. I think tone could be something that they're wrong on now. Like, I think they could say, like, you know what? We had such a huge success with these Batman movies, which were really dark, but everyone, like, I mean, they could have started to say, hey, look, this is how we're going to build ours. But then (laughs) really quickly, you might realize, like, this kind of is not a great way to do an entire universe. It's a really dark universe that's not all that yeah. interesting and certainly not lending towards big blockbuster summer movies when, like, the whole thing is black. You know? Yeah, I don't know that it would be – I think that they could probably pull it off. I just think that it goes back to what Darren was saying about earning it. With Batman movies, you, you, it was a journey. It was a journey with uh, Christian Bale's Batman that was earned along the way. The stakes that were were there were things that were, like like Darren has said, you know – kind of through the story had been achieved uh, and yeah. brought to the surface. The, the fact that um, DC now is just like, we're so dark and brooding and they throw it at you when nothing yet has been earned. It's harder to take that seriously. Whereas you look at Marvel and they throw a character like Ant-Man yeah. 
Ant-Man can't be taken seriously. It's Ant-Man, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. why Paul Rudd is the perfect actor for it. Right. Um, they don't try to say, yeah, you should take Ant-Man seriously. They say, no, we're going to get a, a guy who's pretty much been a comedian to come play this role that we already know is skeptical at best. Right. And we're going to poke fun at it all along the way. Right. And that's how we're going to do our thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what DC is trying to do is, is try to, I think, capture what Nolan did, but without, but kind of like taking shortcuts. I think you're right about tone. I think part of the problem that they that they run into is that Batman is supposed to naturally be a darker tone, but not every DC character is Batman. Everyone kind of the same, like brooding, dark character is part of the reason why I think it, they're having so many issues. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the, I mean, the Flash is a wears a bright red and gold <laughs> costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is the why does like just even looking at Ezra Miller's costume on the screen is so much like black and so muted? It's like it looks dirty. And I think that's part of the thing that kind of bothers me is like everyone looks so dour. Why would I want to watch these people for two hours do anything? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like and, and these are the good guys. Like nah, this, yeah, they can lose. <laughs> Right, it's like this almost no stakes because it's just like God. You, it's like you all don't want to be there in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> are you guys superheroes? Or are you like really upset about this? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the it's like the people who you know they're like the the servers who servers at a restaurant who don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah it's just true. makes it uncomfortable but, for everybody. Yeah. Would, would you recommend the hamburger or the barbecue chicken pizza? Uh, I don't eat meat. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, so we, we said three things, guys. We said that the 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 marketing uh, of Disney, we said the story arc of how they built towards having all the characters together. And we also said possibly, potentially the tone of the movies is what has made these so successful. Um, as we move towards sort of the last part of this this episode, we're going to look at the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we do know for sure that there are some upcoming movies um, that have been confirmed. And I'm going to list those off really quickly. Um, this year, we have Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We have the first Spider-Man movie in the MCU. And we have Thor 3, all to hit theaters. Um, and then within the next two years, there's Black Panther. Um, the Avengers, uh, the third Avengers movie, I believe part one of that. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and um, eventually the second part of, of Avengers 3. So, Who is the Wasp? You, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then in terms of TV shows, we have uh, Punisher, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and The Inhumans. So uh, a lot a lot still to come that's confirmed. And I, I imagine that, as Rodney was saying, that they're going to keep searching for the next character to market, right? Yeah. Um, Darren, do you know of any other rumored projects that I didn't just mention? Well, um, I mean, other than what I was talking about, the, the, one of the things I actually do like about uh, Marvel is they, uh, as far as um, their TV shows and movies, that, is that they don't really keep anything hidden. Now, they don't necessarily tell you all the information, but they're going to, like, if they're if they got something in development, they're going to let you know about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. So what you're saying is that everything I listed is what's confirmed, but that there probably isn't anything else necessarily rumored because... Any any time they're about to do something, they they let us know way ahead of time. Oh yeah, they absolutely do. I think again, they catch us by surprise. Right, they like having that. They like being able to control that. uh, Like being able to control the news cycle on that. Yeah, Hmm. interesting. They're really good at like. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why they stopped 
having such a huge presence at San Diego Comic-Con is because they they have like their own um their own con as it were D23 right it's kind of like their you know their coming out party that's where they they announce everything and last year that's when they announced every every movie up to 2019 you know do you think that that is the right approach versus kind of keeping something secret and surprising people i think what what ends up happening is they have the um they they have the project in mind but the speculation uh, the speculation on who's going to star in it yeah. who's going to write it who's going to direct i think that's what kind of drives it cool like i think that's the reason why they go the way they go rather than saying hey you know we got a mystery project that's coming up i think i think they like having saying that hey you know what we're going to do this now you start you know you start spinning trying to figure out how yeah. and who no, and that's when. cool yeah yeah. So there is still some surprise. I mean, there, there's still plenty of surprise and intrigue left, even though you know the project. Um, exactly. So, and they'll, they'll let that kind of be the. That's interesting. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. So I have I have a question for you, Darren, and then we're gonna get into something I haven't told either one of you guys about because oh, I boy. needed I needed to keep it a secret for both of you. <laughs> oh but, boy. Um, it, it, you know I don't. I'm not. I'm not like, like Marvel. I, I don't put everything out. There I feel like, like I'm at a disadvantage, I, no matter what it is. Um. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, Darren, but before we get to that, this might be a simple answer. I don't know. But the question I have is, do you think it's more likely that Disney Marvel will continue to make movies in this ongoing storyline, even after Avengers 3, which we already know they are planning on doing? Or do you think that they will eventually reboot um, and have a bunch of new actors play the same characters that we've come to know? I think it'll be one of those, I think it'll be one of those situations where you'll get a cameo from a person yeah, from, right, uh, from right. a Robert Jr. But they'll, they'll be able to um, move forward with new characters and new yeah. stories. And it won't, and it won't take, and that won't take away from what came before, which unfortunately is what a reboot tends to do. Right. Yeah. And can I, I'll, I'll ask this as the last thing before chat, whatever you have surprised and I'm, I'm nervous about, but, um, in 10 years from now, are people marveling, marveling, see that? That was accidental, but I'm going to pretend <laughs> wow. that. Uh, are people marveling at the continued success, or are we looking at a world where people, you know, they're, they're still obviously the loyalists, but general public is disinterested with the blockbuster superhero movie in 10 years from now? I think in 10 years, uh, again, with Disney being who they are as far as marketing, I think they'll scale back. Mm-hmm. I think they'll rightfully scale back and they'll have maybe a big blockbuster, but won't have a, won't have like three MCU movies per year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that answer. Chet. Um, no, I agree. I think that it, it's already been 10 years since they've been doing it. Yeah, but I'm um, saying 10 years from now. No, I know I'm saying that like it doesn't seem that long, but 10 years is, it sounds like a long time, but it's really – I can. I, basically what I'm saying is I think 10 years will go by quickly because some of the movies they've already have planned out are two, three years out right now. Right. Um, so I think that Darren's right. I think instead of um, 
the aggressive schedule of two to three a year. That'll right. definitely get toned back. But yeah. these movies, are, it doesn't take much for people to come out and see them. So even if they lost 10%, 15% of their viewership, it's still going to be doing pretty well. Yeah. I guess, you know, because I guess I'm just curious. I forget how big of a blockbuster success Ant-Man was, but I think it was relatively successful. Um I'm just thinking, like, in 10 years from now, does a movie like that with a new character come out and is the general public like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I'm – so, but I think what – I would probably side with what Darren had said is, yeah, they'll scale back appropriately so um, and get people focused on probably movies around really central characters. Yeah. By the way, uh, Ant-Man, 130 million bud. 130 million budget, 519 million. Yes, yeah, so pretty successful. Yeah. <laughs> 5x, not bad. <laughs> I'm trying to get anything to go five. I'd make if I could make like a one dollar bet and get five bucks back, I'd feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, are you ready for this? I have something no, for you both. It's not it's, even so, a little. I have three questions for each of you that I th- that I chose based on. Darren, I didn't know what your knowledge was, but I was pretty confident since you work for Geeks Worldwide that you were going to be doing just fine. But I still didn't get too obscure. I I I ask questions that I think um, are like the the common movie watcher could know. And oh, then I'll try for, not to embarrass myself for Rodney. Uh, I, I have oh, I have no. questions for you too. So they're they're MCU related trivia questions. I'm going to go one at a time. We're going to start with Rodney, then we'll go to Darren, then Rodney, then Darren. Okay. Okay. So are we trying, are we keeping score? Yes. It's, it's, yes. As always in life. The max score is three points. Okay. Okay. Oh Um, God. So, all right, Rodney, are you ready? I hate losing. Yeah, go. Okay. (laughs) What two actors have played the Hulk in the MCU? Okay. So I I know who it's not. I know it's not Eric Bana and I know Edward Norton played it once. So I've got a half of a point, A. I've got a half of a point. And then the other one. Oh, no, no. Oh, I know. Mark Ruffalo. There you go. All oh, right. yes. All right. Awesome. All right. Okay. Um, all right, Darren, you ready? What, yeah. What is Captain America's shield made out of? Vibranium. Correct. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> These questions are not on the same level. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What pair of brothers co-directed Captain America 2? The only like pair of brothers that I can think of that make movies are the Cohen brothers. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how Jared laughed. I can tell I can tell you're very nice and polite and that's why and the fact that you still laugh when I Honey, said Honey, get in here, yeah. get in here, listen to what this guy <laughs> Listen to this idiot. I call him now that I call my ten year old a Jack. Yeah, listen, to this. Yeah, listen to this dope. No, uh, I mean that's not I, mean, I don't it's, think that's a common question. It's not the Cohen brothers. Uh, oh, is it because we laughed at you? Is that how you know it's <laughs> not, no, you're done. You're done. It, it's the Russo it, brothers. You're uh, done. You're I wouldn't done. Have gotten it. Oh, who no, who did the Matrix? I was gonna do the Matrix. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Wachowskis. Was, the Wachowskis. Yeah. I could I was gonna call them the Wachovias. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, I was gonna try. I at least tried. I gave you two guesses. Alright, Darren, you ready? Who yeah. Who is set to play Thanos? Ooh. Now, I, the name is literally right on the tip of my tongue because I was thinking about his uh, thinking about his father. Because his father uh, uh, is uh, married to uh, Barbara Streisand. So, I think you're stalling. Uh, it's I, not close enough. I might be back in this game, Chad. I was so nervous that it was over. Oh, I have no—I uh, I have full confidence you're going to lose. But 
and I can tell that he definitely knows because he knows yeah, such specific know. details. But it's killing, <laughs> it's killing me because it's right there. But his name is just literally escaping me at the moment, and it's driving me nuts. And I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna drop out on. I'm gonna okay. drop out. It was it was Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yep. <laughs> Wait, and is it true that he had the fact right? Wait, her his dad is married to Barbara Streisand. James Brolin. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, boy, I, I slipped through that one. Okay. The skin of my teeth. <laughs> I'm right, still Rodney, in the game. You have Let's a chance. Go. <laughs> you have a chance, Rodney. What character in the MCU is voiced by Vin Diesel? What? Is it not like? Not an animated movie? What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but like he's voiced by Vin Diesel, but not the act. The actor doesn't. Vin Diesel doesn't actually play the character. Is that what you're saying? What character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is voiced by uh, Vin Diesel? Okay, the only thing that I can possibly think of is the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy might have, like, non-human characters that they would need to, like, either animate or do a voice for. The only the only Guardians of the Galaxy character that I can think of is... is um, Josh Brolin? Andy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt, no. which I know Vin is not Diesel also doesn't voice answer, Chris Pratt's character. Which I know is not... An, what I'm doing which is... Which would I'm, be awesome, by the way, if I'm, Chris Pratt, like, moved his <laughs> mouth and Vin Diesel spoke. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to do is just layer facts on here so I don't just look like a complete idiot. Um, isn't there a, like, is there a squirrel or something in, I'm going to say the squirrel in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. That's a serious answer. The raccoon is voiced by Bradley Cooper, but Groot, oh. it's, you were, you were close. Oh you're my there. gosh. It's Groot. I feel pretty Disney. good about myself. There is a raccoon and I guess the squirrel is pretty good. <laughs> Ronnie, you're the guy who takes the jump shot and feels good that it like bounced off the rim. You guys see that? Hit rim. Rim. <laughs> okay, last question. Um, Darren, how many Infinity Stones are there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Six. Correct. No okay. hesitation. He deserves. <laughs> you know what, Darren? You deserve to win. I'm, I'm just glad that we came down to the last question. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Very cool. See, now, now James Brolin is just like Josh Brolin is going to haunt me. Yeah, <laughs> good. Days. That's actually a terrifying thought. That is. Uh, he's a, he's actually a pretty intimidating. Guy. So Thanos is going to both yeah. haunt all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters and you forever. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, is that a is that a mailbox in my room? Oh, uh, that's just James Bro- Josh Brolin's jaw. Yeah, that's true. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's here to he's here to re havoc on my life. Okay, well, Darren, we, we had a lot of fun with you. I'm so glad you, you came and joined us here uh, on the episode. But before we let you go, um, is there anything that you want to talk about that's coming up for, for the website that you want to share with us? Oh, um, no, well, uh, I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, just But uh, just let everybody know, check out Geeks Worldwide. We try and, uh, you know, we break news daily. We have uh, interviews. Um, I, I did I, I do a semi-regular um interview with uh scott snyder who's the writer of all-star batman uh he's uh he's uh, probably one of my favorite writers so it's always a a a a, a pleasure and a gift to me to, t- to get to talk to him and he's such he's a really nice guy and um i did an interview with michael wiley who's the production designer behind the fx series uh, Legion that just came out that's based on the X-Men comic. 
So you can uh, check that out. But I also um, do my own uh, podcast. Uh, it's called the Superpowered Fancast, and it's on iTunes. And check out all of the Geeks Worldwide um, uh, podcasts on iTunes. And and it's basically it. Check out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, th- that sounds really good. I think one, I'm going to go check out Geeks Worldwide, and also that podcast, so that the next time I'm in this surprise <laughs> pop quiz situation, which I didn't know that I was signing up for. Uh, that I'm going to perform better. Is there another type of pop quiz? Um, Besides surprise, <laughs> you know what? I was Soda always pop quiz. I, I was always pretty ready for my pop quizzes back in school. But um, Darren, one last question: If we were to give you 115 hours back, what would you do with it? If I were to get 115 hours back, I would probably visit some places I haven't been in a long time. I'd, I'd probably do some traveling with that time. Awesome. What's That's... the what's the the main place you'd like to go to? The UK. Very cool. Well, Darren, um, where can we find you on Twitter? Where can where can the listeners find you? Well, you can find me at uh, Grimorian two one nine on Twitter. G R I M O R I A N two one nine on Twitter, or uh, my podcast Twitter is at Superpowered Fan. Thanks so much. Awesome. Appreciate it. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can also visit our new website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can actually recommend a movie for us to watch. Um, and you can also interact with us uh, at our in our email address, which is downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we appreciate the listener. We appreciate Darren coming and joining us uh, tonight and uh, look forward to the next installment of Down the Hall Podcast. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, guys.